All right, now we're going to get into the food story. Uh, of course, going to mention the sponsor, which is ICanGrowFood.com. You're going to need to grow food. No question about it. Also, by the way, check out my interviews with Marjorie Wildcraft. They're on the channel there, uh, on my channel on Brighton.com. But go watch the free webinar at ICanGrowFood.com to learn how to grow your own food. You're going to need that knowledge. Now, in Germany, this is reported from U.S. News, German producer prices have risen now 30.9% year over year as of March of this year. This is from the Federal Statistics Office from Wednesday of this week. So from U.S. News, quote, March's figures mark six consecutive months of increasingly steeper increases, mainly due to rising energy prices. Mm -hmm. And then they blame Putin, of course, for all of this. The factory gate costs, which is the leading indicator, was the biggest since records started in 1949. And then Let's see, Reuters polled a bunch of analysts and they all expected 28% increase. It was actually turned out to be almost 31%. Energy prices were up 83.8% from March of last year. And uh, that mostly is the strong price increase in natural gas, which was up 145% for the year. So let me ask you, where do you think these prices are going? Do you think energy prices are going to stabilize where they are now? Not by a long shot. They're going to go through the roof. And this means that in Germany, which is heavily dependent on energy from Russia, by the way, their producer price increases are going to go ballistic. So Germany is now getting closer and closer to Weimar-style inflation. And you know, <laughs> I mean, Weimar Germany collapsed, and Germany had a, a real nasty time in World War I. And then they had another horrible time getting defeated in World War II. And now I'm telling you, Germany is going to get defeated again because not the people of Germany, but the leadership of Germany is still a bunch of Nazis. It's the resurrection of the Third Reich. They are still Nazis. Germany helped fund the bioweapons laboratories in eastern Ukraine. Germany has been part of this whole globalist initiative to enslave humanity and Germany, of course, has been all on board with the vaccine attacks on humanity, the depopulation agenda, all of that. And the, the Nazis are going to get defeated yet again. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that this is the people of Germany, nor is it the people of Ukraine or the people of America or nor the people of Russia or any. These are occupying regimes, illegitimate governments that were mostly not elected, that all through rigged elections worldwide, and they are a bunch of Nazis who are basically trying to continue Zyklon B just in a different form. And one of their attacks on humanity is, of course, mass starvation that's being engineered. And so when you see that producer prices are up 31% and energy is up 145%, I mean, start doing the math on that, it gets crazy. It gets, I mean, catastrophic really quickly. Western Europe is in the process of an accelerated collapse. There's no other way to describe it. Now, uh, one of my friends, Michael Snyder, the economiccollapseblog.com. I, I always appreciate Michael Snyder. I think he's a great guy. And he's got, uh, what is his newest book? He's got a bunch of books. Uh, Seven-Year Apocalypse. Yeah. 
He's got a book called Lost Prophecies, and he's done a bunch of other stuff. You know, he ran for Congress in Idaho as well. I interviewed him uh, during that campaign. Anyway, uh, he's got an article that says food production is going to be substantially lower than anticipated all over the globe in 2022. And in this particular article, he's done a really good job of documenting the collapse of global rice production that according to Bloomberg, well, I'm sorry, the fertilizer at first here, according to Bloomberg, the fertilizer crisis is going to result in a loss of fertilizer production that is the equivalent of enough food to feed 500 million people. So that's half a billion people who are not going to be able to eat because of the fertilizer shortage so far. And then in India and Vietnam and the Philippines and so on, crop nutrients, i.e. fertilizer, that are necessary to boost production have doubled or tripled in price. And so the International Rice Research Institute predicts that yields could drop 10% in the next season. That's a loss of 36 million tons of rice or the equivalent of feeding 500 million people. Okay, so that's where the 500 million comes from. But you might think, well, you don't eat a lot of rice. Well, you probably eat a lot of wheat. And so if you look at wheat, it turns out that wheat production globally is also collapsing because the war in Ukraine means that between 19 million and 34 million tons of wheat export could disappear this year. And the story says there are only six bread baskets that supply roughly two-thirds of global agricultural commodities. And the Ukraine-Russia region provides about 30% of global wheat exports and 65% of sunflower. And so it looks like 19 million, 34 million tons of export production could just disappear. And then in 2023, it could be between 10 million and 43 million tons. This is uh, what's being written by McKenzie.com. To translate, that represents caloric intake for another 60 million to 150 million people. So then wheat prices are skyrocketing. So the FAO, part of the United Nations, reported on April 8th, that wheat prices had gone up 20% from just one month earlier. Remember how we're talking about the FAO reporting that food prices overall have been rising at 12.6% month over month? But that's for all food. If you just look at wheat, it's 20% from March to April, 20% in one month. And that's not stopping, folks. I can tell you from the food industry Wheat prices are going to continue to skyrocket. They're going to double and triple and quadruple. You're going to be paying insane, crazy amounts that are unimaginable for you know, a loaf of bread or a pack of pasta. Seriously. Don't be surprised to be paying $10 for a loaf of bread pretty darn soon. And in next year, in 2023, it might be $20. Seriously. Winter wheat is being devastated by drought. According to the USDA, 69% of total U.S. winter wheat production is in an area with drought, including hard red winter and soft red winter and soft white wheat. That is 82% of the production area of Kansas, 82% of Colorado, 99% of Texas, and 99% of Montana is in drought. And then in Northern Africa, they're having the worst drought in decades in Morocco. Rainfall is down 41%, almost half. 
So then what about corn? Michael Snyder asked this question. Well, I suppose we could all eat more corn. We can all be corn shucking fools, just chewing on corn. Have some more popcorn. Have some more cornbread. Russia and Ukraine are the largest exporters of corn, but now there have been planting delays there and in the United States. So corn is going to be in a bad situation. A lot fewer eggs produced because of the so-called bird flu pandemic, which I think they just made that up with more PCR testing. So they're just killing more than 28 million birds in America. They're killing chickens and turkeys, just mass murdering all the, all the animals. And then you have no eggs and then you don't even have the animal meat. And this is, this is all being done by design. And so then Snyder mentions the Azure Standard Company, whose headquarters was burned to the ground. And that leads us to Black Conservative Patriot, BCP, whose uh, recent video, and thank you to our listeners who uh, forwarded this to us. And yeah, I'm a fan of Black Conservative Patriot. We got to get BCP on, on my show, by the way. He's done a lot of good work. I've never interviewed Black Conservative Patriot. And that's, that's a mistake on my part. I got to get him on the show. He's doing great work. But he's, his audience has put together this crowdsourced list. I want to go through it with you. So think about all the fires targeting food plants and food distribution hubs in the last, well, less than a year. You have a dried milk plant, Idaho fire, food processing plant on fire in San Antonio. That was in December. The JBS beef plant was on fire, also December. Mississippi poultry feed mill boiler explosion, December. The Hamilton Mountain poultry processing plant fire, that's January. The Lecompte feed mill fire in Louisiana, January. Bonanza Meat Company fire in El Paso, Texas, February. Shearer's food plant fire in Oregon, February. Mouston, Wisconsin river meats fire, February. Food Bank in Maricopa County, Arizona, 50,000 pounds of food destroyed by fire in March. The Nestle fire in Arkansas, also in March. Walmart Distribution Center fire in March. Potato processing plant called Penobscot in Maine was on fire in March. Sherbrooke, Canada food processing plant fire in April. Fire grain elevator plant fire in Kansas in April. There was a fertilizer plant on fire in April, the Azure Standard, April, and then another food processing plant fire in Salinas, California, also uh, this month, also just, just happening now, I mean recently. And then on top of that, it was reported in the last few hours that there was a small plane that crashed into the General Mills plant in Covington, Georgia. Let's see, the Covington Police Department said that a twin-engine Cessna, which they believe took off from the Covington Municipal Airport, appeared to have uh, engine trouble, and then it traveled northeast, and, and it crashed into General Mills. Uh, some, uh, apparently some area where tractor trailers are stored, but, you know, it disrupted the General Mills operation. Isn't General Mills where they make the Lucky Charms that are reportedly making people sick? Yeah, covered that yesterday. So, folks, what do you think is going on here, huh? What do you think this is? Are these all just coincidences? <laughs> and, and Union Pacific Railroad halting deliveries of fertilizer just another coincidence oh and halting deliveries of grain 
to the cattle herds. Oh, and also the PCR tests determining, oh, you got to murder all these tens of millions of turkeys and chickens. You can't have turkeys and chickens in this country anymore because we'll say there's bird flu. You realize bird flu is just the excuse that the USDA uses to destroy the food supply, right? Just like COVID is the excuse that they use to destroy human populations. I mean, they, all they do is announce some pandemic, announce some outbreak, and then just mass slaughter, whether it's chickens or humans or whatever, just locking them down in Shanghai, treating humans like insects, but treating insects like food. That's what they want you to do. No chicken for you. Eat some crickets. Here, we've got some ground up crickets for you. You like that? So it seems to me, I mean, this is the only rational conclusion from all of this that we're observing. There is an engineered destruction of the food infrastructure in America. And while we can't say that every one of these cases was arson, this is a pattern that certainly points to organized arson, which means there must be teams, you know, deep state teams working for the regime that are running around the country, lighting buildings on fire, you know, finding out who's got the food production facility, lighting them on fire with arson, and then just going to the next town and doing it there. Arson teams, uh, not death squads, but arson squads to destroy the infrastructure of food delivery. So they can, of course, create scarcity and panic. And the biggest part of this is coming soon. When the harvest numbers start to come in in May and June, believe me, at, at that point, even mainstream people, if they're paying attention, are going to realize, oh my God, there is not enough food to go around. There's just not enough to go around. Not enough food to feed the American people through the rest of 2022 and the winter of 23, the food just doesn't exist. Because remember, we only have a 90-day supply of food on planet Earth at any given time because it's a rolling 90-day supply. Well, that rolling 90-day supply just got hugely disrupted because of, well, the economic sanctions against Russia, the halting of fertilizer exports, shutting off of natural gas and everything else that we've talked about here. So right now, in late April, as you're listening to this, you and I are living in a society where you can still go to the grocery store and buy a loaf of bread for under $5, that you could even get bread. That world is going to be gone just a few months from now. You're not going to be able to get the bread, or certainly not at $5. It's going to double if you can even find it. And yet, the typical oblivious people who are out there shopping right now for their Pop-Tarts with the 50 cents off coupon, they are kind of assuming that everything's going to be normal. They're, they think that these price increases are only temporary because that's what the news told them. Ah, it's, you know, just a short-term thing. It's just transient inflation, they say. Yeah, it's going to come and go. Yeah, it's coming right now, and it's going to go. Don't worry. Transient inflation, those transients. No, no, no. This this is a sea change of the way the world is going to function from here forward is crazy high prices, food scarcity, and total disruption of the supply chain, including in food. If you do the math, there is not enough food left to feed the people of the world. 
And only China has been stockpiling the grains. China's been stockpiling corn and wheat and soy and millet and everything else you can imagine. They've been stocking up because China is prepping while the United States is just insane, doing nothing useful except, I don't know, fighting for more abortions and more money printing. Yeah. So the, the countdown is here. You're either going to, I mean, if, if you want to eat this coming winter, you're going to buy food in the next three to four months, or you're going to end up paying double or triple or fighting people for the food in the parking lot. Not a good scene. You don't want to end up in the parking lot fighting over a loaf of bread because, you know, everybody's armed in America. <laughs> it's just a, not a good thing to risk, you know, a couple of nine millimeter rounds in your chest over a loaf of bread. Much easier to get the food now, stock up in advance. And, and by the way, just a word of advice, if you are in any, because this is going to happen in America, you're going to be in a grocery store and it's going to get crazy. You're going to see people starting to fight. You're going to see violence. You're going to see desperation. You're going to see people rushing around. My advice is leave that scene, leave the scene, because it's only a matter of time before the shooting begins. Somebody pulls out a nine and starts emptying magazines at somebody else over food. Cause when people are starving, they get crazy desperate. And this is going to happen. You don't want to be anywhere near that. This is the whole point of prepping so that you don't have to do that. You don't have to be there. I mean, you can be sitting with your nine at home waiting for the zombies. If you want, you should have something bigger than a nine, by the way, for the zombies. Zombies, they laugh off nine millimeter rounds. They're like, yeah, more little bumblebees. <laughs> you got to hit them with something heavier than that. But nevertheless, don't go out in the middle of a food riot. Because bad things happen. Oh, and th this is kind of obvious, but once the food riots begin, they're going to declare basically martial law. I mean, or curfews and so on. So you won't even be able to go out. You won't even be able to travel. They'll, they'll use the food riots as the excuse to lock everybody down Shanghai style. And, and the American people are going to get Shanghai'd, as they say. That, yes, that is a verb to get Shanghai'd. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but probably involves some form of injury and, you know, <laughs> somehow being compromised or suffering severe bodily harm. So we are probably only months away from food riots and curfews and martial law and police in the streets all over uh, certain cities in America and, and also Western Europe as well. Western Europe will be lucky to survive the next three to four years. I mean, it's probably gone. Uh, at least as we know it, you know, Western civilization is on its last legs and it's committing suicide. And that includes America, not just Western Europe. Now there's a rumor floating around that Russia is warning its own citizens to prepare for a uh, retaliatory nuclear strike this coming Sunday. And normally I don't talk about just pure rumors, but then one of my other, well, I don't, I don't know if I can call him a source, uh, an analyst, had contacted me about this rumor and said that, yes, according to his sources, that this rumor is true. But I'm still calling it a rumor because I, I can't confirm it through other means. However, the rumor says that Russia is ordering its own people to prepare for a retaliatory nuclear strike against Russia 
this coming Sunday. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to contribute to any alarm because there's a Larry David episode like this where he tells somebody in LA, oh, I heard this from the highest source. There's going to be, you know, a terrorist bomb in LA. You should get out of LA. And then everybody freaks out, panics and leaves LA. And then of course, nothing happens. And then people are all mad at Larry David for warning them. Why did you make me leave LA? Nothing happened. And Larry's like, oh, would you have preferred to be caught in a bomb? You know, that's the way people are. So I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy here, but I do want you to be aware of some of the buzz that is circulating right now. And what's interesting about this particular rumor is that the only way for Russia to have a retaliatory strike against Russia is if Russia first launches its own, you know, first strike of nuclear weapons against NATO or the United States. And I covered that topic yesterday. This is the other reason I'm mentioning this is because it actually makes strategic sense from the point of view of Putin to, I mean, because of the position that he's been pushed into with uh, the United States running the attack on the Moskva ship and with Western nations carrying out economic deplatforming of Russia so that Russia is not even allowed to use dollars for anything and Russia can't really sell anything to Western European nations or to the United States, uh, especially now energy products because oil is being embargoed and coal and then natural gas is uh, in the process of being shut down. Russia no longer has any compelling reason to engage in uh, trade or commerce with these Western nations. And Russia sees the, from, from, from Putin's point of view, the attacks from NATO on Russian ships and so on is an existential threat to Russia. So in the calculus that is going on in Putin's head, he may have come to the conclusion that his best defense is a first strike nuclear attack against a NATO nation. Now, of course, we can't know for sure. Obviously, we can't get into Putin's head and I wouldn't want to be in there anyway. Not sure what's going on in there, but you can't say that he's stupid. You can't say that he's incompetent like Joe Biden is. I mean, Putin's not being led around on stage by the Easter Bunny and trying to shake hands with people who aren't there. No, that's what Joe Biden does. Putin's not doing any of that stuff. Putin's running his chessboard, his military campaign chessboard. And in his mind, he may have reached this conclusion. And if indeed that's the case, then Remember, he could nuke, let's say Poland, he could nuke Poland in less than 10 minutes. And he could nuke New York City in about 30 minutes. He could nuke any target in the United States in, what, no more than 35, maybe 40 minutes tops. You would have no warning. And Western countries in Europe would have no warning. Poland would have no warning. So right now, Eastern Poland is being used as a staging area by Western forces to stage all kinds of weapons and all kinds of personnel and so on that are being set up for the escalation of this war, where the United States and NATO think that they're going to launch an offensive to just start plowing eastward across Ukraine and destroying all Russian forces. Should they launch that initiative I would not be surprised if Putin launches a nuclear weapon against a, a Western, uh, a NATO country, probably Poland. 
And then in that scenario, of course, Russia would plan to absorb a retaliatory strike because some other Western nation may launch a, you know, a nuke in retaliation. Now, I've covered this in another separate podcast, but the thing is, Russia has anti-ballistic missile defense weapon systems such as the S-500 and the S-400. So Russia is able to shoot down a lot of the MIRVs or essentially the warhead vehicles from ICBMs. Russia can survive a nuclear attack by knocking out some significant percentage of the independent warheads that are coming down. And that's due to Russia's very, very good uh, air defense systems. Whereas NATO countries have no defenses whatsoever against Russia's ICBMs, including the so-called Satan-2. Remember that missile system? The RS-28 Sarmat ICBM that was just recently tested. And that sucker carries hypersonic glide vehicles, which are nuclear warheads on gliders that are hypersonic as they re-enter the atmosphere and then they can maneuver and they have the ability to, you know, change angles and evade anti-ballistic missile defense systems and so on. In other words, Russia has technology to nuke America or to nuke Western European nations. While Russia also has technology to shoot down incoming nukes in order to protect Russia from those nukes. Although some would get through, which is why Russia is warning its own people to prepare for a retaliatory nuclear strike, at least according to the rumor. So that's the dynamic that looks like is playing out here. And I was talking with someone, I'll just say, about the, the very scenario of what are the Democrats going to do before the midterm elections, because they're going to get politically slaughtered. And they know it. They're all admitting it all over the media. And if food inflation and fuel inflation and, and civil unrest are all worse by November, which they will be, the Democrats are going to be absolutely desperate to create a bigger emergency in order to distract people from the domestic problems caused by Biden shutting down you know, the economic infrastructure, the energy infrastructure, the rail deliveries and everything else. So they need a bigger emergency. Well, what's a bigger emergency than starvation? Uh, nuclear winter is a bigger emergency. So it, it actually seems to be in the interests of the criminal lunatics running America right now. It's in their interests to escalate this to a nuclear exchange with Russia. They want Russia to nuke America. Because then that gives them, I mean, they think, it gives them the authority to declare, you know, martial law, Second Amendment, total confiscation of all weapons, maybe confiscate gold. They know they can kill off most of the U.S. population with mass starvation. They can force people into FEMA camps. They can force people into more vaccines. They can just kill off everything. Because remember, Biden and the Democrats, they're all a massive, they're a death cult of Satan-worshipping lunatics. They want mass death. And, you know, some of these Democrats, like these left-wing journalists who keep supporting this regime, they seem to have no understanding that should this situation be unleashed, they would be the first to be nuked in cities like New York City that would obviously be targeted by Russia's nukes. They, I guess they've never thought about all this. They think we're playing some kind of game or something. No, Putin's not playing games. He's fighting for the future of Russia, the, the very existence of Russia, 
while our so-called leader in America is fighting for the destruction of America. I mean, if only we had a leader that wanted America to survive, that would be a very different thing. That would be a great thing. But no, we have a, quote, leader that wants America to be completely destroyed. And so they want to escalate this into a nuclear exchange. And that's how they cancel the elections. That's how they kill off most of America. That's how they turn over America to China eventually. Of course, after some soil remediation, cesium-137 cleanup operations, which would take several years. But after that, you know, they're good to go. So I can't make a specific prediction because, you know, we don't know actual timelines or even we don't have confirmation of all of this. But it's starting to form a pattern that makes sense. And I would not be surprised if Russia launches a nuclear weapon in the next few days. I, it would not surprise me. I'm not, I'm not saying for sure it's going to happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it does. So as far as practical things that we should all do, I would say, you know, don't act out of fear of a rumor. Number one, we don't know if this is going to occur, but we should always have plans for a nuclear strike. That should be part of our planning anyway, because there's always a risk of EMPs or solar flares or nuclear terrorism or even failure of nuclear power plants, especially due to cyber warfare. So if you don't have the basic supplies for, for a nuclear event, such as a, you know, a Geiger counter and some uh, potassium iodide, or other sources of iodine, you know, if you don't have stored food and, you know, a particulate air filter so you could maneuver around outside without breathing in radioactive dust and so on, if you don't have those things, you're not ready for all kinds of scenarios. So I say prepare for, I mean, there, there are so many things that could happen. Nuclear terrorism is one of them. Nuclear war is a possibility, or even uh, you know radiation poisoning via a dirty bomb, for example. These are all very real possibilities, and so every prepper should be should have some basic preparedness against these scenarios because they they there is a significant risk that these could one or more of these could occur. So it's not irrational to be prepared for a nuclear war. It is actually very rational, and it's very very smart to be ready just in case that happens. But fortunately, a lot of the preparedness for that overlaps your preparedness for other things such as, you know, food shortages and social unrest, civil war, or whatever else ha happens, you know, drought, which is happening. So basically, the western half of the United States is, is in a massive drought. You know, we have the grand solar minimum. We've got, you know, fertilizer shortages. These are all black swans, you know. As I said the other day, it's like a flock of black swans collided in the air. <laughs> now, now this flock of black swans, is it's all falling to the earth, and we're about to experience the effects of all these black swans. It's going to be a nightmare scenario. There's, there's no question now. None of this is in the realm anymore of what some people might call, you know, fringe or doom and gloom or conspiracy theory. We're talking about things that are happening now, such as the fertilizer shutdown or the railway shutdown or the food scarcity or the food plants on fire. 
which appears to be arson. We're talking about things that are actually happening. And when you just look forward at the effects of these things and you just do some simple math, you know there won't be enough food on planet Earth beginning in a few months. There won't be enough food, period. Not to keep, not to feed 8 billion people. Remember, if you lose fertilizer, you lose the ability to feed 4 billion people. And if you lose fuel refineries and fossil fuels, you lose the ability to feed another 2 billion people. So right there, if you lose those two things, <laughs> I mean, you're, you've lost about three quarters of the human population. And then if the power grid goes down, right, it's even worse. If it stays down, obviously. I mean, it's not hard to see scenarios where we end up with maybe only one to two billion survivors on planet Earth. That, that is just straight math at this point if you understand what keeps people alive. Because all the systems that keep people alive are being attacked, dismantled, or shut down. And then there's the threat of nuclear war on top of that and the threat of biological weapons on top of that. You know, more biological weapons or nanoparticles or more vaccines, more mandates. Believe me, they're going to bring all that back. They're going to try to lock you down with masks. They're going to try to put another jab in your arm. They're going to try to have medical martial law. It's all coming back. They're not done with that. That was just the, the test round. That was the warm-up round, you know, just to see what they could get away with. Next comes the real weapon system on multiple vectors. So we've arrived at another Friday here today. So you got a weekend ahead of you. Use the weekend wisely to prepare in every way that you can. I'm going to probably grow more food. That's something that I enjoy doing. Don't forget our other sponsor, the Satellite Phone Store, if you want backup emergency communications. The Bivy Stick device accomplishes two-way text messaging using satellites. And you can learn about that at sat123.com. And you're going to need backup communications of some kind. You're going to need a backup food supply. You're going to need backup water. You're going to need, you know, backup emergency medicine, reference books, all kinds of things. And this is what we've been talking about for quite a long time, getting prepared for all of this. I just recently bought some uh, food grinders, you know, um, commercial grinding machines for grinding a massive amount of wheat, not, not just kind of the, the occasional, you know, home use grinder to make a loaf of bread once a month. I'm talking about grinding, you know, 50 pounds of wheat every day. I bought one of those grinders because I figure, again, I always think about prepping at a community level, going to have to probably grind wheat and make flour for a whole bunch of people. And so you're going to need machines that work and you're going to need, you know, power systems, which is why I have you know, a PTO backup generator that runs off the tractor and I've got diesel fuel and things like that. We have to think about living without the power grid and without the food supply chain, without railroads working, without governments working. And you're talking about living through a nuclear fallout scenario. It's pretty devastating. You thought Fukushima was bad. What year was that? Was that 2011? You thought that was bad. <laughs> I mean, just one nuke would be. A thousand times worse than Fukushima. And we could experience, you know, tens of nukes or more. 
there are thousands in the inventory. It just depends on how how crazy people get. I mean, not people, but the the leaders, how crazy they get, how many missiles they launch. And just a giant suicide pact to just destroy planet Earth, you know? Now, just one interesting side note in this, kind of a little bit more of an exotic thought, but I know there are people who believe that aliens would interdict all of this and halt nuclear weapons from detonating in order to save Earth from humanity's uh, self-induced uh, destruction or self-immolation. And I know that might sound like a kind of an out there thought, but there's no question we are not alone in this universe. And there are some pretty credible reports that some other nuclear missiles have already been disarmed. So perhaps, I mean, you know, look, we're in a lot of wild card territory here. Perhaps nations launch nuclear missiles and then, you know, some super powerful alien AI tech cyborg force or whatever comes in and just zaps the, you know, the, the electronics and stops the nuclear missiles. But I wouldn't count on it. That's all I'm saying. I would not count on that. Like that shouldn't be your plan. It's like, I don't need to prepare. I'm waiting for the alien cyborgs to disable the nuclear missiles. That, like that's not really a practical plan. <laughs> I would say, not, you know, not to say that it's not possible. It is possible. But I would say prepare anyway, just in case, even if there are aliens and they just sit back and say, you know what, just let, let these crazy apes destroy each other. You know, maybe, maybe they just decide, just let Earth go. You know, we're done with these bipedal humanoid creatures that are so intent on destroying themselves. Just let them do it. You know, maybe maybe that's the conversation in the UFO in orbit, <laughs> whatever. Who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, one alien leans over the other, and says, these people murder their own babies. And then the first alien is like, yeah, and they poison their own food with pesticides. I mean, we've never seen this in the cosmos. This is incredible. Right. And the alien in the back is like, I'm live streaming this whole thing. And it's going viral across the cosmos right now. You should see the numbers. I'm selling tickets to this event. And I'm like, yeah, we've never found a species in the universe that was so obedient to their masters who were trying to murder them all. I mean, they lined up and took injections of genetic altering cocktails of, uh, you know, experimental medicine. It's like, that's. That's truly incredible. That's why we're still here studying this. This is a cosmic anthropological mystery. And then finally some big military alien walks in and berates all of them. Like, are you are you guys playing with the food again? Stop playing with the food and just get on with <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm joking. Um <laughs> cattle mutilations and soylent green <laughs> to to feed the the AI augmented biologicals in orbit, right? I mean, you, there are so many sci-fi scripts that could come out of all this that we're talking about and the things that we're witnessing in the world today. You can't out sci-fi the reality that we're living through because it's so sci-fi. It's so insane. Freaking bio circuits and nanowires and in, maybe in the vaccines and people broadcasting like, I don't know, Bluetooth signals, Wi-Fi, RFID out of their arms, you know, it's like, this is a sci-fi movie we're living through. You almost can't think of stuff more strange than what's actually, actually uh, happening each day right around us. It's pretty insane. 
So get prepared. Use this weekend wisely. I'll be back with you in a couple of days. I probably will have a couple of special reports for this weekend, depending on what happens. And of course, if uh, if Russia launches nukes on Sunday, we may not be here with you on Monday. It's hard to say. But I'm just going to hope that's all a rumor and everything's going to be okay. And we'll still be here on Monday because, uh, you know, I, I'm still growing some food. I'm going to need more time to grow food. So Putin better, um, you know, keep the rockets in his pants over there. Let's settle this whole thing down. Maybe we can find some common ground and maybe get to peace. But also the Western NATO nations have got to cool their jets as well and stop, you know, being aggressors at the same time. Just everybody take a chill pill. Let's not destroy human civilization. How about that? All right. What a thought. But thank you for listening. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for all your prayers and all your support. If you'd like to support us, shop at healthrangerstore.com. And of course, read our news at naturalnews.com. And I will be back with you, God willing, in a couple of days. And, and hopefully we're not living in a nuclear winter at that time. So. Uh, 